What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional, so please consult with them first if you're thinking of making any changes. Yes, gang, welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Movement Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about like why I use a tough love approach to help other Type 1s. I'm going to be going into in-depth a bit of my story, my backstory before being diagnosed, the sort of person that I was. And it's quite a controversial topic as well, so it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one. Hopefully, you'll get some value from this and it can help you kind of inspire and motivate you as well. Before we get into it though, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast app. And I think you can also do it on Spotify now, whatever device or platform you're listening to it on. As I run no paid ads to this podcast and these lives, and it really does help me reach more type 1 diabetics and have a positive impact over our type 1 community. Also, whatever device platform you're listening to it on, give it a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, share it on Facebook, and just give me a tag at type 1 underscore Tom or Tom Allison on Facebook so I can reach out and say thank you. Right, we're going to get straight into it. So yesterday, at the time recording this, I did a reel all about like my biggest driver, <coughs> excuse me, for wanting well-controlled diabetes, well-controlled blood glucose levels. And it was quite a controversial thing and it got a lot of, lot of comments both ways, like for what I was saying and both ways, kind of for and kind of against. And I thought, instead of replying to a load of comments, because it's going to be long-form content, I'm just going to do a podcast episode. Now, this reel, I basically spoke about how my biggest driver to control my blood glucose levels isn't just so I can feel good during workouts, isn't so I can be a role model to my clients, isn't so I can be around to look after mum and dad and stuff like that. Like My biggest driver, and it's not just for the numbers, do you know what I mean? I'm not one of these people that say, hey, look at my A1C, look at my timing range. It's not just that. It's for the fact that I don't want to develop any long-term health complications that will shorten my lifespan or decrease my quality of life. That's a big fucking driver for me and for you as a type one as well, because I don't really think there's anything stronger than that. There's nothing stronger than that. I know for some of you females, it could be wanting to have a kid and look after your kid and that. That is a strong driver, but then you've still got to be looking after yourself. So it still comes back to ourselves at the end of the day. And there was a lot of comments saying I totally agree with this. And I also spoke about people who have developed any long-term health complications, most common are eyes, kidneys, things like that, neuropathy, loss of feeling and things. These are things that I face as well, so I'm able to speak about these. Do you know what I mean? I, if my control is fucking shit, I face these health complications. I'm not just a fucking tin god that I, I'm not fucking ex explicit subside from these sort of health, health complications. I face them as well as a type 1 diabetic. So it's not like it's someone who doesn't have type 1 saying to you, look, if it's not well controlled, this is what you're going to get. It's me being a type 1 like you, and I face the same shit as you. So I'm able to speak about this. And I also said, basically the point of it was, this is a big driver for me to stay away from any long-term health complications. And if you've started to develop any long-term health complications, I speak to several type 1s week in, week out, who have... It should be a good enough driver to then stop them getting any worse, if that makes sense. And a few people come out and saying they had developed and things like that. And we had both sides of the coin. And some people said, I kind of agree, but I disagree, the mental health aspect and all that. So I'm going to talk about like 
the reason that I did this is because I wouldn't say that's necessarily a tough love approach. It's just me saying what we can often push to the back of our mind because it's fucking scary, right? Often, and give me a silent head nod if this is you, you don't think about the repercussions of not having great glucose control because it's a scary thing to think about. And as humans, we can shut the shit that we don't like down. We can bury it down because we don't want to think about losing our eyesight. We don't want to think about losing limbs. We don't want to think about our kidneys and our organs failing. We don't want to think about it. So we shut it down, we bury it. And we also think, ah, that'll never happen to me. And the caveat to this is I speak to so many type ones who know someone who has developed type one complications from poor blood glucose control, or they've, like I said before, started to develop signs of it themselves. And I do not want this for fucking any of you. And this is kind of what I'll get onto later, but I'll tell you like how I come about my tough sort of love approach. Now, a little backstory on me. Before I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 21, I was a very victimized person. Everything happened to me, and I had no fucking control over everything. Different jobs that I had, um, other sort of things like bullying from a young age and things like that. Like I was very, very victimized. Yeah, and I thought, I have no control. This is just how it is for me, and I'll sit and I'll dwell in it, and I won't look for, for solutions and stuff. But then being diagnosed... My mindset, it changed me in a sense. It made me a bit more, a bit tougher, a bit more resilient and give me a bit of drive in life. Don't get me wrong. Like I've had a lot of times and still do get times when I sit there and I think fucking, I, I turn into a bit of a victimized mindset, not, not over my diabetes or other shit in life, but then I've kind of got the knowledge and the skills to pull me out of that. But I've gone from this person who everything happened to them. They never had control over anything that happened to them. And I was very victimized and I fucking hated the world, basically. I wasn't a nice person. But after being diagnosed, that was kind of the, I believe everything happens for a reason. That was kind of the switch that I kind of needed to get my arse in gear and to start bettering myself. And I've been constantly working on myself. And I think we all constantly work on ourselves over the years. Like, that's an ongoing thing. I'm always like that for myself. say so that to clients and stuff like that. So I understand what it's like on both sides of the coin. To think everything happens to you, to be very victimized, to also believing that you can solve sort of any problem, if that makes sense. And that's a big thing for us as type ones, yeah? So that's kind of where I've come from. It's not just like, I've always, well, I've not always had type one, but I've always had this mindset of, right, if there's a solution, I'm going to find it. If I've got a problem, I'm going to try and solve it. I've not always been like that. Not always been like that. So I'll get into like kind of why, that's kind of why I am the way that I am. And a big thing for me, some of you may or may not agree with this, if I speak to a type 1 diabetic and their glucose control isn't great and they're heading down a very bad path, facing health complications, not going to have a good quality of life, I do not believe that it's okay for you to tell that person that that is okay. I wouldn't want someone to say that to me. Let's say I wasn't a type 1 coach and I didn't know how to control it and my blood glucose was shit and everyone around me was saying, oh, it's all right, it's all right. Give yourself a bit of slack. Is it, there's a time and a place for this. But if everyone was saying, it's all right, Tom, you're absolutely fine, blah, blah. I wouldn't want that. I would want someone to come up to me and say, Tom, look, if you don't fucking get your shit together, you're going to get health complications even worse or you're going to die. I would want that truth. Some people, some type ones struggle to hear that. And that's hard, but for me, if someone struggles to hear that and struggles to face the truth, I could, they cannot be helped. I cannot help them anywhere. No one around them is going to be able to help them. But I think if we have people that we love, 
who are type ones or if you're a type one, if someone says that oh, it's okay, don't worry about it, and you're on a very bad path, and this could go for anything in life, if you're on a very bad path and you, you're heading towards a very bad health state, you know, long-term health complications, and people are saying it's okay, I, I think they're doing that person a fucking disservice. So I think if I was speaking to a type one and the controller, and I spoke to many a type ones, obviously is what I do my business for a living, whose control isn't great for me to say, oh, that's all right, don't worry about it. That's wrong, especially coming from someone who kind of, I like to think I have a voice in the industry. That's wrong for me to say that to that person. So then it's kind of flipping that to giving them a bit of tough love, saying, look, there's a way to do this as well without being a dickhead about it. And this is where a lot of specialists get it wrong. So I'll say to that person, look, if you're on this, you stay on this path that you're on now, in, in a few months, years down the line, you're not going to be in a very good place. Is that where you want to be? No. And there's kind of a way to speak to the, the, those sort of people. Some people can't handle that, but it is the truth. A lot of people can't handle the truth. I just think personally, for me, it'd be me be wrong to tell someone, a type one who doesn't have great control, that it's okay, just carry on the way that you are. It's fucking wrong. I know I'd want someone to be honest with me. This is where, this is where I feel a lot of specialists get it wrong because you might go to your endo appointment or your DSN and they're like, oh yeah, well, that's a shit A1C. That's a shit timing range. That's not very good. And then that does make that person feel shit. I will never say that to someone like that shit. You can't just tell someone that they're not doing okay without kind of inspiring them in some way, shape or form to do better. This is why I put out so much content, Instagram, Facebook, emails, podcasts, to help you guys have better glucose control. So if I was to come on all the time and say, if your numbers aren't X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, it's shit. And if I was to just keep saying that, you'd be like, this guy's a dick. But I hear a lot, a lot of, you might just fucking think that anyway, but I hear a lot of specialists do say that to the patients and don't give them anything to go away with and sort of work on. You can't tell someone that they're not doing great without giving them actual tangible advice, yeah? Another reason why I kind of take a tough love approach is I think a lot of people need their eyes opening. And as humans, we need some sort of fear to move forward. If you think when you're staying in your comfort zone, you're all comfortable, why are you going to do anything that challenges you if you're comfortable? Why? And if you just think, oh, the complications will never happen to me, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone, and your comfort zone isn't serving your health and your diabetes control, you stay there because you're so comfortable and you think changing is going to be hard. But then a lot of people, we can go to them and say, look, the place that you're in now, like I said before, you stay on this path, what do you think is going to happen in six months, a year, three, five years, 10 years down the line? And that gets them thinking, and that sparks a little bit of fear, sometimes a lot of fear, to get that person to move. As humans, we need fear to move. Also, we're going to stay comfortable. That's another reason why I take kind of a tough love approach. Yeah. And what I mean by a tough love approach is, like I said before, I don't mean being a dickhead. You can speak to any one of my clients and they'll tell you kind of how I am. I mean by kind of opening someone's eyes in a way that doesn't get them to kind of go, oh, you're a fucking dick and push back to what they're doing isn't serving them in terms of their health. There's a specific way to do that and this is what differs between me as an actual coach and a specialist DSN or endo because they're not coaches. It's different. It's all about like people's psychology, dealing with people, how people respond. So if I say to you, take you now listening to this, watching this, if your control isn't great, if I said to you, your control's fucking shit, you carry on this way, you're going to lose your vision, you'd be like, well, you're a bit of a fucking dick. Like we push back. 
But if I was to ask you where you think you'd be a few years down the line if you stay on this path, and you'd be like, uh, well, come to think of it, I don't think I'm going to be in a good place. Okay, cool. So this is what we need to do to get you on a different path. It's actually helping and moving that person forward. That's the way. But the big one is why I use a tough love approach is because I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been very victimized thinking everything happens to me to where I'm at now. And I still get these down moments and I still sometimes struggle with mental health. That's why I can speak about it. Yeah. And a lot of people commented on my reel that I put about this saying, yeah, mental health's a big aspect of it. It is. And I understand that because I've been through three major bouts of depression. So I understand it. And that's why I'm able to speak about it. I'm not just saying it something i don't think you can speak about something if you've never experienced it i don't think you can speak about something if you've never experienced it and that's why i do struggle with specialists who've never actually experienced it or not type one speaking about it you can't you can't fucking understand it can you and there's one thing that i always say like a person who does have a victimized mindset who is like well yeah but this is happening to me and i can't control it this is happening to me it's a hard condition there's so many variables there's all this yeah that's true but then it's the same for me, and it's the same for all my clients. No one's exempt. No one gets it easier than other people. What we've done is we've just put the work in and gained the fucking knowledge. That's it. So you've got to be willing to step out of yourself, put the work in and gain the knowledge. And what happens with most, most people, if you can put a little bit of fear into someone, that person will open the fucking eyes and they'll move. And that's why I take a tough love approach. Because I said at the start, I do not think it's right to tell someone who's not on a good path that, Oh, it's going to be all right. Let's say you had a person come to you, yeah? Say you're type 1 diabetic, not great glucose control. Someone around you saying, oh, it's all right. It's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it, yeah? Let's say you're that person saying to that type 1, it's all right. It's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Five years down the line, they die. I know that's, that's blunt, but five years down the line, they die because they thought it was okay. Everyone said that it was all right. It doesn't matter. How would you feel knowing that you then had the chance to actually say to that person, well, hold on a fucking minute. We need to sort your shit out. How would you feel? But a lot of people were held back from saying that because they think it's harsh. They think they're going to damage that person. But I think we are doing people a disservice if we're not honest with them. And at the end of the day, that's why I'm honest. And I always say this, not everyone likes the way that I am, how honest I am. But you know what? I can't help those people anyway. There's plenty of other type one coaches out there who will mother coddle you. Could get your results, but the mother coddle you tell you you're doing all right. If you're not too much, I don't think that's fine. It's not the way that I work at the end of the day. Everyone's different, aren't they? And you can't be everyone's cup of tea. That's what I say to a lot of people. Like I can never coach delicate snowflakes who are very victimized, who think everything happens to them and who do not, you just want to sit there in comfort complaining about their situation because I've been that person. That's why I can speak about it. I complained, I complained, I complained. I never did anything about it. Yeah. So that is kind of why I wanted to come on and do this episode because whenever I speak about the health complications we all face, the type ones, if we don't have great control or well controlled blood glucose levels on our health, and there's so many other factors that go into it, not just blood glucose, other things, lifestyle. Whenever I speak about that, it's always a very controversial topic and it's a great topic for speaking, but these people that come up with certain things and also people open up a lot as well. I do appreciate every single person that comments because people open up and, and they say, look, I, I've been type one for 30, 40 years and I've got health complications because I never took it serious. So anyone that reads this, these people say anyone that reads this, please fucking take it serious. And these are the people that you need to listen to as well as obviously myself, the people that have had it years that have got complications from it yeah, for whatever reason, 
now telling people nowadays, look, take it fucking serious because it will happen to you. Yeah. Team, that is it. Like I say, it was just a bit more of an explanation, inspiration, some sort of motivation from this. But understand everything I say, when it is a tough love approach, it's, it's said because I fucking care. At the end of the day, I wouldn't be a coach for type ones if I didn't give a shit because I'd be a very shit coach and I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. And like I say, as humans, we need some sort of fear. And I always say this is a good indication. If someone says something or you read something or you see someone's content, man, whatever, and that sparks something inside you to be like, oh, that, I fucking felt that. That means that that is you and you can relate to it. So you need to take that advice. Yeah. Or if you feel defensive or it gets you back up, good, because it means that you can relate to it and you need to fucking take that advice. And that spark is some sort of driving people, which is completely different to get people to move. Team, that is it. If you got value from this episode, if it inspired you, motivated you in some way to improve your health, improve your blood glucose control, please do leave me a rating and review on the podcast app as it really does help me reach more type 1 diabetics. And that is the goal of this podcast and these lives at the end of the day. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Have a fucking great day. Peace.